Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wondering who our new manager will be, waiting for a takeover to be completed and failing to beat Burton Albion at home. Just another standard week in the life of Sunderland AFC. Welcome to the Wise Men Say podcast. I'm Rory Fallow, not joined by Matthew Keelan this week. He is unfortunately having to work in Santa's Grotto this week. He's too busy to come on the pod. You think that's a joke? It's actually quite close to the truth. But don't worry, we've got a full complement, a great squad for you all tonight as we've got lots to get through. We're joined by Craig Clark. Hello, Rory. How are you doing, Craig? And obviously the others who are here who have yet to be introduced. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, well, let's get introducing them then, because we've got a lot of rattle through. We've got no time we for have. pleasantries, we have. have we? Uh, we've also got Richard Easterbrook, producer Rick. Good evening, Rory. How are you doing? Marvellous. All excited for this new just to speakman to be our sporting <laughs> director, or Danny Cowley or Lee Johnson, but we'll get into that along with Jimmy Ray. Two, well, I was going to say two pods in a row, two pods I've been on in a row your, your sort of debut on the on the idiot yeah. pod obviously went really well when we reacted to parkinson's departure so we've brought you back in to the fold for the thursday pod good evening nice to be on i'm slowly working my way up the table um getting back to fitness yeah you know just uh, <laughs> just nothing too strenuous just nice easy <laughs> nice easy pods for now yeah, reserves like and whatever two thirds of the not way not this in, pod like, is the reserve pod I must, uh, I must stress that at this point <laughs> two thirds <laughs> of the way through like you'll go off and someone like Mickey Loff or Chris Weatherspoon will come on come yeah. on like just to just to see out the game you know because yeah. it can't be like you're saying Rick's got strenuous. the board ready for 45 minutes and, oh. <laughs> great fantastic a <laughs> um, lot to get through as we just said there um, you know a game to look forward to against Wigan Athletic at the weekend um, probably usually on the Thursday pod when there's been a midweek game we do tend to touch on that quite a bit but I think we've we've got to kind of breeze past that don't we lads um you know the game against Burton it was quite crap we got a draw um we started quite brightly um, nice header from Max Power but I don't think there's much more we can say on that with with more pressing matters to to talk about is that fair does anyone have the, anything they want to chuck in about the Burton Albion game I think it's the I first time the this season here... sorry Craig. Oh, sorry Richard go ahead Richard uh, just it's the first time this season I've not missed being there Basically, if I'd been served up right. minutes of that and I'd been in the ground, um, I'd have not been happy. I also well, I agree with that. I, I didn't feel like what, I had a burning desire to be there, and I certainly feel like I might. It might have been one of those on a on a sort of cold night you wanted to leave early, which is rare yeah. for me. But it was that bad. I think the only other thing to say would be, which is going to talk speak to the wider topics at hand, getting rid of the manager is all well and good. 
but you know you kind of it doesn't just make things better now obviously the guy who's come in there taylor is part of parkinson's team so maybe it's more continuation than than any kind of revolution but that was always going to happen if you sacked the manager you either had the next man lined up or it was going to be someone hanging around so just getting rid of the manager isn't the answer is it and well, this is where no. we're at now, where uh, we need we need the, the next step. Perfect segue, Craig, because it does show <laughs> the need for, for that change, given it was very much a continuation. Um, it looks like, um, at the time of recording, it's not being confirmed, but Christian Speakman is coming in from Birmingham City to be our new sporting director. He's been there 14 <laughs> years. Um, last, um, or currently, I guess, at the time of recording, he's been um, their academy manager, helping bring through the likes of Jude Bellingham, Damari Gray and Nathan Redmond, Jack Butland as well. Um, that's a positive, to be fair, lads, isn't it? The fact that he's clearly got a bit of a track record on bringing through players who are playing, especially in the case of Jude Bellingham, a very high level. And, you know, Damari Gray at Leicester, Nathan Redmond at Southampton, Jack Butland. Yeah, fair enough, he's taken a bit of a dip, but was, you know, <laughs> is a former England international after all. Um, okay, just to, to counter that then, Rory, I would say, could you tell me who our academy manager was when Jordan Henderson came through and Jordan Pickford? Now, if you can, great, but I can't. I couldn't tell no, you. No, absolutely not. But would have been Ted McNamee. <laughs> I'm not it? saying that means that this guy's no good or whatever. It's just that how much influence do they have on that stuff? I don't. I don't really know. Who did you, what did you say, Rick? Did you say... I guess it would have been Jed, Jed McNamee, yeah. Oh, was he the manager of the whole thing? I believe so, yeah. Like, yeah. So. Right, okay. Incidentally... What's he, he doing these days out of He interest? hasn't updated his LinkedIn. He still says he's <laughs> academy director at, uh, at some He's still at so. the club, allegedly. <laughs> so the first, but, first bring him back. Bring yeah. him back. Well, I, think, I think what... He hasn't what left in his mind, so... <laughs> I think what it says in the... In, <laughs> In regards to Speakman, is is sort of reading between the lines a little bit on him. I think it's fair to suggest he'll focus on rebuilding our academy, setting a pathway for them for our academy players to come through and be integrated in and be ready to come straight into the first yeah. team setup. Which I know That's a good. lot of which the majority of sporting directors do, but it seems he's got a good pedigree in that area. Yeah. It's not like bringing in an agent like Roberto Defanti. Or yes. you know, I guess Congan had a bit of experience in that field, but you know, I'm just I'm just using the two examples that we've had in these similar roles. But he seems very experienced at making sure young players are ready to go into the first team. So it looks like might be totally wrong. Like I say, I'm reading between the lines here. We're all speculating still at the moment that he's going to make that pathway as much as signing players and making sure there's a style of football implemented from the top into those into those youth setup teams. And that's at this level. If you need to rebuild, that's kind. That's not a bad starting point, isn't it? That is, on the face of it, a bit of a positive. I would say definitely, definitely. I think like I think we well we did mention it on on Sunday, and obviously the lads did as well on Monday. I think as much important as the, as a manager is, it was getting more of a long term structure in place. And I think uh, should this should this go through, that's a clear indication that we are. Looking, looking to do that. I mean, the guy like like we've covered does have a pretty impressive CV as far as it goes in terms of developing youth players and at Birmingham City working at a club which isn't necessarily um, always the most successful on or off the pitch as well. So he maybe is used to dealing with you know slightly more challenging circumstances, including the need to make money from the sale of players. 
there's been a lot of um, quite right criticism of uh, our recent um, business with 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 regards to young players, specifically selling selling promising players and stuff like that. And hopefully, this is also an indication that we're going to move away from that and actually try and develop players with a pathway to the first team. Um, as opposed to just develop them, developing them to sell uh, while they're still playing youth football. So I think um, there are two potential positives there. Um, I would add in as well, it seems like he's going to have a fairly large amount of influence on the club in general. So I'm assuming, mm. he, I'm not saying he's going to be picking the new manager, but I'm assuming he's going to be consulted if if, if indeed he is taking the role. So you'd expect um, a young, sort of progressive looking um, guy such as himself to be looking for a similar sort of style manager, someone who we can work with, um, as opposed to somebody who's going to want total control and nothing to do with him. Um, so that maybe would rule out certain potential candidates, I don't know. But um, for me, it's a positive step. It's by no means uh, the band-aid to cover all of the problems that we have. But on the face of it, provided it happens, uh, for me, it, it, like I say, it's a good sign. And uh, hopefully as well, it'll it'll stop the, the, uh, the sort of, leaking of uh, promising talent that's been all too prevalent in our academy for, for far too long. Uh, Richard, because I know Karank is at Birmingham um, now and you've obviously covered Middlesbrough in the past. Yeah. I think one of the reasons he's, he might be going is that the way, way it's worked with Karanka is he's just he's not someone who really works well with a sporting director, I don't think. Is that is that the case? or? Yeah, I mean, Karanka Karank was... Um... He worked. I can't remember the name of the the guy he worked with. Um, who's an agent? Um, I'll get his name. Right. But when when Borough got promoted to the Premier League, he worked with this guy, and um, he was supposed to be heading up recruitment, and they made a raft of pretty terrible signings. Um, right. But I think he's at Leeds now, and obviously they're not doing too badly in the Premier League. So no. But yeah, Karank Karan well, was think... very much, uh, very much kind of he liked to be king and keeper of of everything really. Just uh, the reason I asked was uh, just speaking to what um, Jimmy was just saying there. The managerial appointment, therefore, does become really important. That it does. If you are going to go down this route, this this guy has to. I mean, has he had a say in hiring Karanka? If Karanka is a difficult person when it comes to this kind of thing, who knows? Birmingham's a weird club, as you've alluded to, Jimmy. It's. I've had a bit of a scout around as best you can when it comes to these kind of things because, you know, as big a deal as it is for us bringing in a sporting director, perhaps for Birmingham, they've got more sort of bigger things to worry about at the minute. The comments seem to range from indifference, he's a yes man, or or it's a bit of a, or we're losing rats sort of escaping a sinking ship. Stuff like people saying, oh, uh, he must think, you know, he's he's had enough of trying to work with our owner, so he's going to go somewhere where he's going to have a more of a say and more of a chance to put his stamp on it. So it's like there isn't one single kind of response to it. But I think, you know, it would be it would be mad to bring him here and then the first thing you do is not bring in a manager that's conducive. It's going to work with him. With him. Yeah. And with a sporting Just, director as well, it's always going to be someone who more than likely is an unknown quantity to you. You are going to just have to go off. And I know you, you do this with managers anyway, but you know, you, you watch their teams play, you've got like actual honours to look at. Do you know what I mean? Whereas a sport, oh, yeah, the, the yeah. only thing we have to go off is these players that he's brought through. And, and like you say, Craig, yeah. ha- how much of an impact has he had on that? But... Um, Matt, actually, to be fair, isn't on the pod today, but he spoke to his one of his mates who's a Birmingham City fan, mm-hmm. and one of the things he told us was 
youth players recently is pretty much the only positive at Birmingham, and apparently, right. and apparently, has been at least to some degree involved in that. So mm, th- mm. that is something, and we have this great academy as well. And like you, yeah. like you have said, especially what you were saying, Jimmy, like the fact that we are squandering those youth players, the fact that Barley Mumba has left for 50p a pound and after he actually got a look into our first team and, you know, players like Greenwood and there's there's so many examples of them, players who were like, you know, 16, 17 years old who were just losing easily for peanuts rather than them actually... Mumba's starting for the team that at top of the championship or at least have been in recent times and that if that doesn't sort of paint a picture of the issues that we've had um both financially and i guess in terms of the ability to to want to try and keep these players then nothing will so hopefully someone like him who like you said doesn't have a big profile but these guys rarely do but if you look he seems a very intelligent guy he's got a degree he speaks well he seems to know what he's talking about um i think that's often the case with these types of people i think often the the relationship uh, or how successful they are depends on the relationship they have with the club and with the manager that they've got. So upwards and downwards because they're sort of a middleman, if you like. So hopefully, he has the he can build a relationship with both um, whoever's in charge plus plus whoever's in charge of the football team as well because he has to kind of be the bridge between both plus working with the youth players. So and if he can do it at Birmingham, like you said, they're not exactly the best run club in the world. So potentially he may have a a chance to do it with us as well. I think well, the longer another thing. Sorry, Richard. Yeah, go ahead. I was... No, there's the, just about to say the longer there's nobody in charge at the top of the academy and top of recruitment and, and, and certainly bringing the players through, it's a bit like a head teacher not being there at school. Um, it's, re- it's really damaging. It's really damaging to a generation of players mm. that, that mm-hmm. could be coming through to not have that vision and not have that direction at the top and for, the, for that position to be unfilled. It's, it's, every day that goes by, it's damaging to us. Yeah, absolutely. Um I, I suppose there's two other points to make then. We're not employing him as an academy manager, of course. We're bringing him in as, on a much broader role. So it'll yeah. be interesting to see who he brings in to work with him as the as the person who's going to head up the academy because that's an absolutely crucial role, especially if one of the things he's been most successful with is bringing through or providing a route to the first team for mm. young players. And uh, on top of that, I think... I don't know what I think. Oh, yes, players who've left, <laughs> young players who've left. It's interesting that you mentioned Mumba because he went for a few hundred thousand pounds and before that, Honeyman left for a similar sort of fee. And it's not like we haven't spent that kind of money on other players exactly. who are also yeah. young in some cases but just aren't as good. George Dobson would be, and I don't want to single the lad out, I'm, I'm not trying to pick on him, um, but like he cost money. And we've let two players who've come through our youth system. Okay, Honeyman's 26 now. He's made the most assists in the division this season. There's no one telling me he wouldn't get into this team. As and arguably stands. played in the same position as Dobson as well. Um, as he, he could have played in a variety of midfield yeah. roles for us, I think. Yeah. Especially with the three at the back Parkinson's used. Mm-hmm. Well, he yeah, he's the could one have, player could... who could carry a ball. He can move between the lines. He could have played in a position Scowen is right now, or even like a bit higher up. Even you know, Easy. if, if Mag- when Maguire's been out of form or Lyndon Gooch is injured now, he could have filled in wide there comfortably. I would, and I think speaking of this this guy coming in, uh, one of the positives is for, from what you're saying about his record with the kind of youth development. Who've been our play- best players since we've been relegated? Arguably, the players who were already here. 
and some of those were Academy products. Madger is the obvious shining light. Gooch, Gooch has been consistently, yeah, exactly. Honeyman, I think, got a really rough end of the stick. Humes looked really good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and obviously now people are wanting to see more of the likes of Embleton and, and others, Diamond, Dan Neal. And maybe we do need to therefore be thinking, and this is something uh, one of our <clears throat> long-time listeners and often talks to, you sort of um, correspondence with on Twitter, Tom Huntley had mentioned bringing in a manager who also plays a style of play that fits with the type of young players that we bring through. And I do know what he means. We bring through a lot of technical players. We aren't just bringing through big physical guys. That's the thing. Most of the players who make yeah. it through our academy are, if anything, not used because they're too technical and not physical enough. I mean, you could say that about Honeyman, Embleton, yeah. uh, Mumba. I mean, I think one of the main Definitely. arguments against him playing was that he wasn't wasn't big enough, if you like. And if that the type of player we produce, and we need to have a system that allows them to play, as opposed to have a system yeah. that blocks their progression, and then we sell them to other clubs who then realise that potential. Obviously, it's early days. But it certainly appears that's happening with Mumbai, if at least, and certainly has happened with other players in the past as well. And one thing as well with <clears> Speakman, <throat> he's working in academy football. If we're having to sort of replenish our academy, he's going to have contacts, you would think. He's going to know so. people in the game and even help, you know, if you're working as sporting director, surely you're going to have a big influence over scouting. So surely he's going to, at least at youth level, yeah. know good youth scouts to bring in and it's going to. I think academy-wise, I'm quite confident that he'd be quite a good appointment. And if that mm. is a, if that's a, the biggest part of his remiss, I think that possibly opens us up to managers like the Cowleys being quite a good fit because apparently that's something reportedly that they're not massively comfortable with. Um, so you know, if he's if he's going to be focusing as much or if not a little bit more in the academy than rather than recruiting sort of externally so to speak that can only be a good thing the sort of not concern because obviously bringing in a sporting director is a long-term thing and you've got to think think of it as a project but these are the kind of things that you bring in pre-season so if Mm. obviously there's i don't think it's unfair to suggest that members of the board have wanted to bring in a sporting director for a while why was that not the case in the summer? And you can actually plan it there. And if you want to bring in a sporting director and Phil Parkinson wasn't happy with that, and yeah, people might say they don't have the money to sack him, but we've only we've sacked him a few months later anyway. <laughs> if you wanted to make that fundamental change at the club, why not do it then when it can actually have a better impact? Do it, yeah, fair enough, the January transfer window's on the horizon. But the January transfer window is really chaotic, as we know. And I get we are in a chaotic time as well, so making changes at the club is fairly difficult. But a pre-season is the time to implement this kind of thing, isn't it? And doing it now, it does kind of fit in with... And I'm not saying I'm not glad that we're doing it now, but I think it's going to be... You know, there's not going to be much Speakman can do really in the short term. Whereas if you came in in the summer, you might be able to see a little bit more of a of a quicker impact. Yeah, I think no. I think that's the case. Yeah. But I think also like, oh, sorry, um, I think um, it, both the sacking of Parkinson and this point to outside influences that weren't there in the summer. I think because they're both. Uh, quite clearly, financial decisions that potentially neither of which we were able to make in the summer, but now are. And it may just be a coincidence. I don't know. You're absolutely correct in what you're saying. It would make more sense to make these changes then. So 
were we just not able to make either of these changes in the summer and yet we are now because of something that we don't yet know about oh well we we obviously know a bit about happening but i'm assuming there's been outside influence or outside assurances outside ideas i think it points in that direction personally and um, I, I would imagine probably most people will see that as well yeah Always, we will yeah we will um but the Richard, question is you're gonna say something there as well sorry i think richard's on a slight delay because every time i go to talk and i think it happened to jimmy as well yeah. Yeah. Richard sort of comes in about two seconds later and you're <laughs> yeah. like, oh no, we're never going to hear you from him. <laughs> I actually <laughs> join you from, this, this uh, from be good. just on the edge of outer space. So <laughs> I'm on the International Space Station as we speak. Um, <laughs> I, in the break, I'll sort it out, don't worry. Um, no, the the point I was just about to make, when you, when you say there might not be any short-term benefits from it, it's probably not about that anyway. It's going to be a long-term thing. And you hope it's going to be a long-term thing because Lee Congerton wasn't here long. And it didn't seem really a useful appointment in that case because he didn't really get time to change much, much at the club. And you th- you got you got to give somebody time in that role because you've got to change identity, you've got to change the culture at the club, and he'll have his own ideas on how to do that. And you've got to allow him the time to get on with that. And maybe we'll not see the results for a few years in a positive way, but but I, th- I think he's got to be given all the time. And I, I don't think it really matters at what point in the season that process starts yeah yeah you're right it, it is it is a long-term thing i just think it just more points to why are we doing this now like why oh, yeah. was it why was it not brought in earlier because uh, but i think you answered your own question rory and i think jimmy's right i think the fact that we're selling kids for next to nothing the fact that doesn't sound the good man a couple of months ago, yeah <laughs> 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 in a footballing context <laughs> yeah clarify it's made, it's yeah, made that clear it wasn't, it wasn't some kind of people trafficking operation going on there it was yeah, just no, Barley Mumba was that. just yeah. Barley no, no, Mumba no. was probably getting a very nice contract uh, somewhere else actually um, but yeah they're obviously selling the younger players for seemingly not what we think their value is sacking you know, you know making the kit man redundant all the furore that's created now that it's come out and that happened, what, two months ago, I think people have suggested. Yeah. Suddenly, they're going the other way. The manager's gone, which will have cost money, and they're going to appoint somebody else. They're bringing in... This, the, I saw a tweet you know, that said all these vacancies that, well, whether they've existed as vacancies mm. or not, they are roles that should exist and have been vacant for a while, and there are lots of them. And if we're starting off by bringing in a sporting director, which certainly looks like is the case... That would be the the beginning of a recruitment process. It can't just be him, as you've alluded to. So there, therefore, you're thinking that's more money going to be spent on wages in key roles, which does indicate probably some kind of investment, some injection of cash coming in. Either you know, but Im- you'd think imminently. Yeah, you'd hope so. Kind of calls now, but well, got, let's uh, let's get on to takeover stuff then. I guess you've you've yeah. brought us nicely onto it, Craig. Um, you know, we're still no further on than we were on on Monday. But you know, stuff by the time we listen to this stuff could have broke. It does sound still more like investment than a full takeover. I don't think that's unfair to suggest. People might say I'm being negative there, but it do, and you know, there's nothing. There's a positive to that. It means. The club's financially secure, which, well, you know, maybe some of you are sick. Some of you want us to go bust who are listening. I don't know. But, no, it's a good thing that the club's going to be financially secure. But 
the way the percentages work out when you know we find out versus what's been reported, what actually the case is. And I'm not saying they're going to do a club statement outlining all that, but you, you know this stuff does tend to actually you know more formally you know everyone looking on company's house and that kind of thing trying to find out <laughs> and we'll get yeah, we've chris been we- there before well, we? yeah, yeah exactly we'll get chris weatherspoon to do that but it does feel very much like investment and that still raises some of those questions doesn't it like you know <clears throat> louis dreyfus does seem quite switched on from you know there was that article in the athletic about him which pointing towards that he's been doing you know football related degrees and he's been sort of groomed for this job pretty much his entire life due to his family connections and you know hopefully he's coming over he's got that drive as well and he's and he's got a vision to the club hopefully we're going to see why satori's being brought here and you know hopefully that starts with bringing in the sporting director and stuff like that but is anyone still a bit worried because you know, the Methven involvement, the Donald involvement, they're still there. Methven's shown well, in the past, you don't need to have a large not, stake to be a big influence over the club. And can you can you not add Sartori into that? The man's been here for two years. What has he done during yeah. that time? We've just been talking about selling players on the cheap, sacking people, having no staffing. So if Sartori's suddenly going to become part of a new increased shareholding with a, a partner uh, investor... Why wasn't he doing something in the past two years? I, I don't understand why you would let the club get to that situation and then only now make it make it have some kind of positive involvement. On top of that, I think you know it's been indicated that Methven and Sartori are are or have been quite close, um, and yeah. certainly in the past when they've looked to make investments in other clubs like Oxford, I believe. Uh, Methven was someone who brought Sartori to the table so it's that's not to say they're best buds now and if Sartori's decided he wants to step up and do more that that means Charlie Methven's going to be the main man but it also does suggest that if Sartori's going to step up and do more that there's no immediate indication that wouldn't involve working with someone who he has a connection with uh, I think on top of that I mean Rory we've joked about this before but we bumped into Charlie before the game <laughs> in the playoffs at Portsmouth and that was when another takeover was rumbling on and uh, he basically said to us that you know they wanted him to be involved as part of that so his shareholding wasn't going to yeah. change but they who, I can't remember who it was maybe it was the Mark Campbell yeah, one yeah going off the timeline it must have been Mark yeah, Campbell or you know so potentially certainly Charlie thought at the time that he was going to be a part of that in terms of I don't know, involvement in running the club in some kind of full-time basis, like at Sunderland. And again, that doesn't mean that's going to happen this time. I'm sure Louis Dreyfus has got his own ideas. As Rory, as you've said, he's he's doing his... He's interested in football and in running football clubs, but he's also not going to be coming to move to Sunderland. No, but that's the thing, isn't it? Neither of them are. I think as well, like just to get back to something you said initially, Rory, like are we being negative if we say I, I don't think you can realistically say that um given the track record and given what's happened before and given how certain things that were called overly negative in the past have then come to light to be true, um you can forgive people for being skeptical of any type of release of information like this. I think the track record of these owners with this club with previous 
attempts to either take over or add investment allow people to to ask questions i think like gareth said on monday like asking questions there's nothing wrong with asking questions like we just because they've put another person's now apparently turning up with loads of money to save the club doesn't mean we have to just believe that we have to ask these questions and we have to look into the the background of it because it's not that's not being negative that's just having like sort of a level of I guess awareness of what's happened and, and, well, because, and not yeah, just taking because things at face people... value because these people you can't take everything no, if you took everything they said at face value then the vast majority of things that they've said would happen unfortunately for whatever reason and this isn't blaming anybody in particular but they haven't happened and that's not that's that's not like an opinion that's that's like a fact like yeah. they factually haven't yeah. happened so like for us to then question new information is natural and and it's it's not negative it's just why are we supposed to all of a sudden believe this when we have been we've believed stuff certainly me i mean i you know i i was far too much you know on the other side of being positive at one point and i was and it's really proved was proved wrong in the end and i'm certain i know i'm certainly not the only one who's felt like that and i think now it's a case of what do we do moving forwards? Yes, we want this investment, but we want it on our terms and the club's terms, yeah. not on the terms of the people who already have the power. Because they unfortunately have proven that you can't trust everything that's said by these people. And that's just a fact. Because if you did, you'd find that a lot of things haven't happened. And also, when you're moving, if you're looking at sort of share splits and similar, um, it's just interesting how these things change and. To question that is normal as well because, you know, our fans aren't just idiots who don't understand how business and, and, and finance and all these things work. <laughs> you can't just say one thing's happening and then something, you know, you can't, it, it will be the equivalent of saying I'm going to pay you £100 and then giving someone a tenner and then saying that's, you know, there's your £100, now go away. Like, you know, yeah. it's we are able to look at things that happen and make our own minds up and to then be criticised for being negative for doing that, especially given the track record for me is is not fair. So I would hope that most people, when they do read this information, use them use their own powers of research and powers of knowledge yeah. to make up their own minds and especially, not just believe what we if, say or them. Especially if Louis Dreyfus yeah. isn't gonna be present at the club, especially if Juan Satori isn't going to be present at the club day to day. Obviously Jim Rodwell's there, but we had you know, I know we didn't have a um, chief executive originally when Donald and Metzvin came in. We had Tony Davidson there as a sort of managing director, a, a very similar sort of role. I know a bit more like commercial involved, perhaps, but still, Metzvin was still a, a non-executive director. Was that his original title? Correct us if I'm wrong. I'm, sh- I'm sure someone will There's tweet us if I am. Lines, yeah. But he yeah. was there. He was there frequently. Especially the more time went on, we we know that. He like, seemed to be more present than than Donald. For absolutely, example. yeah. I mean, even you, ne- you even saw that, that was born in, out in Netflix. Netflix. Like that, didn't you? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, like so I mean, if, the, the deals that we're trying to do for players were being done from bridal in not from the stadium alive. Yeah, yeah, no, that's absolutely right. Um, and I think that just spoke to the general vibe, really, that there were then you know Charlie was a man on site, Stuart was a man, you know, with the money or whatever. Uh, and I think 
you know, you're right. It's natural to be sceptical because we've been, we have been here before. Exactly. Literal evidence the, of it. It's like there's literally scepticism's like, not a bad thing yeah. either. Scepticism. And if and you if know, any, you know, Craig, you said that those close ties that Satori and Methvin have. I think there's a. I don't think it's you know. Yes, maybe it's jumping to conclusions, but I don't think it's being cynical to say it's a possibility. Methvin might be Satori's man on the ground, and so. Yeah. People say, oh, well, this, this kid who's coming in with that money, he's not going to let Methven, like have that much control. I 100% hope everyone who says that's correct. And I hope <laughs> Donald and Methven being involved is just, you know, a necessary step that we have to take at the minute that they have less involvement and, and initially they're bought out entirely. But Satori could be selling Methven to Louis Dreyfus and saying, like, you know... He's, he can be a man on the ground. He can operate things day to day for you alongside Jim Rodwell. That's a question that does need answering. And it's well, something I hope that I'm just jumping to conclusions about and I'm putting two and two together and getting five. I'm not trying to be overly negative. People saying we're trying to like piss on people's chips with the takeover. We're not. But as we said on, you know, this is probably going to be the episode title. We've been here before. <laughs> we've been we've been lied to That's, by so the I mean, people. You say, you say, and it's not you being say negative. On chips, it's just not we don't even wanting. know what the chips are. Like, yeah, exactly. We just chip? don't want to be. Can we, we don't want to be lied say? to again. Well, so here's an indication. Uh, James Hunter reported in the Chronicle that Jim Rodwell would be the point man. And basically the man on the ground. Now, who employed him? Was it Louis Dreyfus? I don't think so. So, yeah. who, who employed him? It was either a combination of Charlie Methvin and Stuart Donald or one or the other. So, that would indicate there is some residual influence. Otherwise, the first thing you would do is remove him from his post and bring your own person in. Like yeah. that, that would just be the simplest thing. That's yeah. what now, always happens when there's takeovers. Like, yeah. the, the, you know, the, exactly. the CEO leaves... And somebody else's appointment appointed. That is usually Martin likes this or dislikes this. That could this. yet happen. That yet could happen. We don't <laughs> yeah. know because things. But that was the language used in that Chronicle article. Now I know James had sort of said, "Oh well," it was sort of gleaned from the, the that he would be leading the recruitment of the next manager because <clears> that was what was indicated in the club statement. But the term "point man" wasn't that. There was no indication in the club statement that Jim Rodwell would be. You know this kind of key mm. player. Um, yeah. Certainly, if they're bringing in a technical director, again, we don't actually know who responsible for finding this specific guy is. Who's heading and it up? To off. be honest, I don't. I don't mind if it's who it is. If he's good at his job, yeah. ultimately, that's all we bloody want, isn't it? Yeah. Some exactly. People who can actually do their job and have been employed in a kind of rigorous manner. Because last year, when we got Parkinson. When you look at the names that turned us down at that point, or you know, didn't even want to talk to us, that didn't scream big club in League One. No, did it? It just didn't. Well, that brings us on to the managerial candidates. But we'll have a quick break before we do that. So when we come back, we'll look at who is now in the running and who's out of the running apparently for the manager's job. And if we've got time, we'll have a bit of look of a look ahead to the game because this is a preview pod after all. We'll be back after this. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Stephen Elliott and you listen to the Wise Man Say podcast. Welcome back to the Wise Men Say podcast. Before we talk about managerial candidates, just to remind you, as ever, to go to fromtheterraces.co.uk and use the discount code WMS10 to get yourself 10% off. Not just something for yourself, but something for Christmas as well for the football-loving casual in your life. Whatever age they are, they've got the kids range there, (coughs) stuff for kids, stuff for adults. So as I was saying the other day, get something for your da or get something for your boyfriend or get something for your uncle or, you know, your nephew, whoever. As long as they're like their terrace wear, you can get something for them. Or, you know, not just men as well. You know, there are women who like their their casual gear as well. So, you know, if you've got someone who likes to look hard, but also really stylish (laughs) from the terraces.co.uk and that discount code is WMS10. Sorry, Chris Blythe, but that's a really quick plug, but we've got a lot to talk about this week. <laughs> Too much to talk about. about. Sorry, Richard? <laughs> yeah. It's a hell of a marketing message, isn't it? If you want to look hard. Well, I don't know. We could, <laughs> yeah. we could talk about what Danny Cowley might look like in From the Terraces where. I think he'd look really good. I think he'd probably suit it, to be fair. Yeah, I, I think agree. He'd cut quite a well, figure. That wraps Lee up Johnson the managerial. Might need the kids size, like, but I think he's quite slight, isn't he? Um, well, one person who won't be well by the sounds of things, anyway, won't be wearing any from the terraces wear on Wearside anytime soon is Gus Poyas. We all got excited, didn't we, lads? We thought the Gus bus, the Gus bus rather, was rolling back into Wearside. But it was, you know, the engine was barely turned on. He didn't even get out a third gear. And then Keith Downey, Sky Sports News reported, he brought the news that Poyet wouldn't be returning. Um, Quite interesting, isn't it, lads? And people saying what what changed. Because it sounded, it it felt like Poyet had been sounded out already. But do we think it's the fact they didn't want to drop to League One? And so there were suggestions oh, that that about him not knowing that we were in League yeah, One. Yeah. Which... That's, what, that's what changed. He, he looked at the league table. Yeah. What? They're not in the Premier League anymore. What happened? What happened? Well, that's it, isn't it? It's like, I mean, you'd hope that, I mean, based on the information we were, we were then given as the reasons to why he didn't want it, you'd hope he'd only just been asked. Because if he'd previously said, yeah, um, we're still in League One. Us, you know, <laughs> you know. Um, so, That's the reason. Then, yeah, what yeah, were you thinking? Either, either. Then, yeah, it's, in all seriousness, either if that is the case, he has just had a change of mind, a change of heart, a change of mind, which obviously he's entitled to do. People do that all the time um, when they're looking at jobs and stuff, and things change for him. Maybe personal circumstances have changed, whatever, or potentially um, he's had discussions with with the club and it's transpired that what he envisioned or what he wanted or what he thought he could deal with isn't what's going to be on a, available for him which isn't necessarily the club's fault it could be Gus's fault as well it could be a combination of both that's probably more likely the case it'll be a combination of both 
Um, I think it's obviously annoying from a point of view from myself personally. I know Rory, you did this as well, where we annoyingly tweeted our support for Gus just just a very <laughs> short time ago. Wasn't yours, Jim? Jim, wasn't mine, yours? Mine, like, mine was like probably only really about well five timed. minutes before Downey t- tweeted his as well, because like I'd been working. I thought, oh, oh, I'm really excited now. I'd listened to an interview pod with him on. I thought, oh yeah, oh I'll tweet something, and then like I tweeted it, and then. Downey's tweet just popped up and it was just like, oh. Yours are right next to each other on like my timeline. Hashtag it was analysis, so like, I mean, <laughs> insight. Yeah. Um, Gutted. Gutted, binned. Absolutely. Can I be a bit cynical with the Poyet thing and say, does anyone think there's just the chance that he used us to get his name out there again? Managers do, Not, have, uh, you know, have I done this in the past. I definitely imagine that happening, personally, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, Would you use a League One club, though? I mean, it's gotten coverage, though. If yeah. you know, his, has, his name's yeah. not been mentioned. He's, he's not been managing that recently. Two years. Two, Two years, years exactly. He's out, of, out of the game. So you know, he, he might fancy a champion. He might fancy. Sorry, it's Richard. If he's been managing bloody Real Madrid, has it? You know, to, for, for it to be suggested that he's like lowering himself to come come to Sunderland. You know, his career's hardly been stellar since he left Sunderland in the first place. So. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah, and really, I think he really does get to us. Although it's only a League One club, he's sort of famously linked with us, quite well known. So he, he, he knew, I guess he, if you're being cynical, he would know it would get on sort of Sky Sports News and it would be like the appointment that would get all the fans talking about it. So if that is what he was doing, then I guess it makes sense. But at the same time, uh, I'd hope he wouldn't do that. But, um, you know, it's a job at the end of the day, isn't it? So yeah, players and members exactly. do all the time. So. Here's, here's one in the favour of the club. Um, they might have had discussions with him and said, look, we want to bring in a sporting director. And obviously we've talked about Karanka and uh, the, the, the fella they're looking to bring in, whose name I cannot for some reason retain. But uh, what if, you know, we've had Poyet and Congat and it didn't work? There was, that didn't work yeah. out. Maybe Poyet was adamant about what he wanted and the club have said, actually, we've got a vision here. And it's Absolutely, like it yeah. And it's easier for, for maybe Poyet to save face and be like, I just didn't want to drop down to League One. And, it, you know, then it doesn't look as, you know, problematic for other jobs because maybe he would have been more willing to have that kind of setup if it was a club in a higher division mm-hmm. because you're more willing to make compromises. He's probably thinking, you should be grateful to be even talking to me when you're in League One. Maybe that's his mindset. And he didn't want to compromise. I mean, these are this all speculation. It is, it? and you know that's kind of the opposite of what we need, don't we? We need someone. Definitely, who, it, if that's the reason, it's a good thing that happened because you wouldn't no, want that's him what taking I'm the job. It's yeah, one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus yeah. for the club, I mean, whoever's doing the negotiations, if that was the case, and it is an if because it could yeah, be yeah, any absolutely. one of a thousand scenarios. Fair play to them for sticking to their guns. Um, on the other hand, he, he, if he's played us, then you know, well, good luck to you, mate. But you haven't had a job for two years. Yeah. So well, what's wrong? It's not Sunderland. That's something to do with you, not not. not I mean, us. there's a lot yeah. wrong with us, but it's not that. <laughs> yeah, that's well. one thing we can't be blamed for. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, the two managers who are the the two favourites since Poyet dropped down now are two young up and coming candidates who are going to be very hungry. Um, Danny Cowley is now the firm favourite, with Lee Johnson now second favourite. I guess your main sort of worry with both is can they adapt to, you know, the weight of expectation, the pressure, because regardless of what division we're in, if whether it's Cowley or, or Johnson, just for those two examples, this is the biggest club 
and the biggest challenge they'll have faced. I know Cowley was had the Huddersfield job most recently and he kept them up and he did well and you know there was other circumstances there. But Sunderland are a bigger club and with our off the field stuff and being in League One, it is more of a challenge. But we'll touch on Danny Cowley first because with him being the favourite. Um there are positive. I've been reading about them quite a bit today, and I think Stephen said this in our group chat. He he was reading up on him, and he like got really sold on him. And I've I think I've like convinced myself the same. So we can guarantee that we're going to come off the pod, and Keith Downey's going to have tweeted that Danny Cowley <laughs> has turned down the job. Um, but positives with him is he's you know he's got a, not a winning formula exactly, but. He is. He has proven that he can get teams up from a similar level. He got Lincoln promoted from League Two after bringing them out of the conference, and he is quite tactically flexible as well, which we are crying out for a bit of after Parkinson. I think that's quite good. The, and the fact that I've seen quite a lot of people saying about Cowley, like, or he plays really direct and it's not the prettiest. And apparently with Lincoln, yes, that's what he was like initially. But when he got them up to League Two, he did change things up a bit. He did try and bring in more technical players because he obviously been in League One. It's a bit easier to do that when you're in League Two or in the Conference. And he adapted that, and he got them like playing on the counter a little bit more and a bit like keeping the ball on the ground a little bit. So that flexibility and you know his back four as well, playing <laughs> a back four now and again wouldn't be necessarily a bad thing. And I think one thing with him as well in terms of player recruitment, if he is going to have you know, we don't know obviously how much of a say he's going to have in that. One thing we've struggled to do since coming down to League One is unearth and sort of rough gems from those leagues lower down. Luke or Nines maybe the only yeah, player we've done example. that. Yeah. We obviously tried to do it with George Dobson, hasn't really worked out. We tried to do that with Charlie White, hasn't really worked out. With Cowley coming through the divisions he has, and probably as well having the budgets that he had to work on with Lincoln, I, I, I can't ex- speak to that budget-wise example. They might have had a decent League One budget, but still, he's got contacts up and down these lower levels as well, and you'd be confident that he'd maybe be able to find those kind of players. And if you couple that with your academy setup, maybe a bit stronger, with you know Christian Speakman coming in as the academy director... You know, people might have thought I was jumping to too many conclusions and being negative earlier. Maybe now I'm jumping to too many and being too positive. But those are some. I think those are some positives on on Danny Cowley and some stuff that I, I didn't previously know about, and I'd maybe characterise him a bit unfairly. But I don't know. I think I think that stuff sounds sounds quite positive about Cowley. I think Richard, you 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 were quite positive about him, weren't you? You'd been reading a book or something with him, mate. Yeah, I've been. Or I've been reading Michael Calvin's book, State of Play, and it's taken us about two years to read. Not because I'm a slow reader; it's just because I've had other things. <laughs> <laughs> the the, the, the Great insight into Richard's mind here. Yeah. I'm really great. Love that. I'm still reading. I'm still reading the shoot annual from 2017. It's really bad for us. It's like the opposite of when, when, when Graham Lasso used to say he got abuse uh, for being the only footballer who read a newspaper. You're like doing, doing the, the reverse and being the only, yeah, the, the, only, the only journalist who doesn't read books. Yeah, least, <laughs> the least read qualified journalist. Yeah. No, um, what were you going to say? I'm surprised how many people do, in, the, in that industry don't read but, um, or can't read. Really? Um, <laughs> yeah. Wow. But Michael Calvin's book, it, it's... it's um, there's a, a kind of half a chapter on the Cowleys um, when they were at Lincoln 
Um, I think it's from I think it's from 20, 2018, and they um, they they put in seventeen hour days. They're really hard working on the training ground. But but the thing about Danny Cowley is that he's he's really committed to the to the science of football. Um, and it, it, he's he's got this this handbook developed by the, the University of Lincoln, and it. And, and they talk about something called Quality Street, which is uh, the two channels down either side of the pitch. It's like a forty-yard channel, and oh, that's excellent, that, isn't it? Of, I love that. The amount of crosses <laughs> that you need to put in to get a goal. Do you know how many crosses you need to put in to yield a goal? Who's taking the crosses? Street? If it's Denver Hume, well, potentially more than. <laughs> is it is the answer yeah. thousands? <laughs> <laughs> they calculate twenty-six crosses will lead to one goal. Yeah, it doesn't happen at Sunderland. It's twenty six thousand. It's so when David Moyes is at Man United, that isn't it? Yeah, I know. Can you remember when he used to, we, they, they, if, so they're into crossers, which uh, Parkinson was. He we did loads of crossers under him. So is that what we need? Another crossy manager? Well, there's, <laughs> That's there's the more than one that's going to cut, isn't there? When, when we talk direct, when we talk direct, it could it could mean many things. Um, and the one thing that Parkinson wasn't doing during games was managing them at, at all. So no, maybe, he wasn't. Maybe Absolutely. the Cowleys will be a little bit more proactive, or just a, one iota more proactive. And maybe <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I was getting at with that flexibility. Mark. That flexibility yeah. that they've well, shown. Yeah, can... I mean, I've... oh, sorry. No, <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. I was, I was just going to say. Um, I sort of while we've been in in sort of League One, I've kept across um, sort of League One like analysis. Uh, sorry, EFL analysis is. Not just Sunderland, like listening to other podcasts and reading stuff and whatever. And the Cowleys are pretty much constantly across the board come across like positively um, in terms of how they were talked about when they were Lincoln manager, Lincoln manager or managers in the same yeah. orders field. And I think that the sort of neutral opinion of them is pretty high among people who sort of know their EFL football. I think that there have been accusations of them being direct, and I must say at this point they're by no means my first choice. Um, I. However, do think that they wouldn't be the worst choice in the world. I think they've a lot of positives. They're young, like Rick said. They're obviously interested in the sort of science of the game, and they're not just going to turn up and turn a team out and play four four two every week or whatever you want to call it, and not making game changes. And I think maybe as opposed to direct, you could say pragmatic. And I think people often interchangeably use direct and pragmatic as like a, like a way to describe managers whereas for me I think pragmatic isn't if you're pragmatic you don't just do the same thing over and over again you, you do the best with what you've got available so if you're going to be pragmatic with our team I wouldn't necessarily suggest that that is playing long ball football because I think that White and Graham aside, our team isn't really set up for that type of game so I think that if they're going to if they are pragmatic as they appear to be then we have the tools within our squad managed correctly to be able to produce an identity, a, a definitive style of football that can work. Um, so obviously there are caveats insofar as we, they're not very well proven above League One level bar keeping Huddersfield from, um, in, in the Championship. And I think that obviously it would be by far the biggest job that they've had. Um, but at It's the also same different to the Huddersfield situation in that, keep, as we've, we've found out ourselves, trying to keep a team up, which we many years that was the expectation just stay in the Premier League is totally very different. different to chasing promotion now you could argue it's a string to their ball that they've done both they've, they've done the promotion thing with mm-hmm. Lincoln yeah. they've done the saving thing with Huddersfield I suppose my, my concern would be that like you say that they've never really managed in League One and I would I, want to, I would ask and sort of get what people's opinions are 
Lincoln are absolutely flying this season. I think they did okay last season. They weren't like amazing, but they're consolidated in League One and now they're, they're doing brilliantly. Does that, that actually suggests to me, but I'm interested what other people think, that they leave a positive legacy? That's, Someone yeah. stepped in and just taken it on. Yeah, and yeah. That, I'd agree. Not had that. No, ever. we haven't. I can't, when have we ever had that? Well, yeah, we need true. someone to come in and, you know, along with the sporting director, lay those foundations. And I think they would have a bit of trust in the young players. Given They brought players up from lower levels. So given that we've got players like Jack Diamond, for example, who went on loan to the conference last yeah. season, I think they'll look at that. And again, I'm, I'm just speculating here, but I think there's reason to believe that they'll look at those young players who went to the to League Two, to the conference, whatever, and played quite well there and give them that trust if they've got the mm. ability about them, obviously. But the fact that they've well, that's proved... that's the question, so, isn't it? Yeah, yeah have absolutely. The we don't know, do but, we? We haven't seen enough of them. They've, so. they've got a track record of doing that with players, so... I think you know some of those young players do just need a bit of trust put in them as well and given mm. a, a bit of a chance. Obviously, I'm not saying chuck them in completely, but Parkinson, you know, did it seemed like anyway he, with you know not being flexible, not making in-game substitutions, he was going too far the other way. Whereas with the Cowleys, I think the likes of Diamond, the likes of Elliot Embleton, the likes of Daniel, whoever will get integrated a little bit more and will become part of things just going off their previous track record if they are indeed good enough. And just what we so, spoke about, I think I think there's a, there is quite a... The more you read about them, the more I'm sold on them. I, I went from thinking they'd be quite just a bog-standard League <laughs> One appointment, like Phil Parkinson was, to mm. actually it's maybe more of a Jack Ross... Yeah, I mean, so, age-wise, so, what is Danny Kelly's yeah. forty-two? I think he's so. 40, he's the perfect 40, age yeah, for a progressive, 40. progressive manager. He wants to make a name for himself. If he's if he backs himself to, you know, if he backs himself to want the job, and he and he can present the plan for how he's going to do it, then I think that in itself is a good sign because we've done the safe, older, more experienced quote-unquote option with Parkinson, and it and obviously it didn't work that well. Um, you could argue Jack Ross was a similar, like you said, Rory appointment to, to Cowley. But I think the difference is, um, in terms of experience, Cowley has a lot more, um, especially oh, yeah. in this in type English of situation. And in I think that would be key. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. His win percentage as well is worth talking about. Um, Cowley's is 51.4%. Obviously, he's managed two clubs in non-league, so you've got to take that with a bit mm. of a pinch of salt. But... His Lincoln win percentage alone was 53.3. So, obviously, a big chunk of that has came in League 2 and has came mm. in League 1 as, as well as the conference. Um, and even at Huddersfield, when they were struggling, 32.5% isn't too bad for a team that you were mm. looking to steer away from relegate. It's Just, not terrible, given the circumstances so, there. So, why did, he le- why did he leave Huddersfield, though? That, that's an important question. I think, Jimmy, you, you were saying something about that. In the, yeah, in so um, the official line is that the, he was sacked um, by the... Very, very surprisingly at the time, as in it wasn't even on the radar for a lot of people that that mm. would happen, because obviously they'd, they'd achieved the objective that... Um, had been sacked. But I've listened to him speak about it since, and um, it was very much a different... Sort of difference of vision, if you like. I think basically Huddersfield wanted to make some changes, which they have since made in terms of the structure of the club. And they brought in a guy who used to be Bielsa's assistant at Leeds as manager, or one of his assistants anyway. And I think they wanted to go down that sort of route with 
you know, the type of recruitment they were doing and, and what have you. And so I think similar, Ka- similar to David Wagner, isn't it? With yeah, the, so I think, like, Cowley was just sort of... Um, probably, having heard that, probably wasn't too unhappy about being let go. But at the same time, um, obviously, there were there was a reason why. And I'm, I'm just wondering... Um, like sort of Craig and Leroy you've alluded to with when we were talking about the sporting director or potential of it, I, I don't know if it was that that, that that Cowley wasn't happy about or whether that was it, it's not the sporting director itself, it's it's how they want to use that and, and the vision they actually right. have, so it could be a bit of either but I must say on the same interview I did listen to where he was talking about that he was talking about just football and, and it, it, obviously it was after he'd been sat there and the way he spoke was very good, I think he comes across very well um, and one last final point on him, I think I would say, is he obviously they took over Lincoln when they were in the conference and they managed to get them up two divisions. At the time, Lincoln were obviously one of the biggest, if not the biggest team in the conference. Obviously, not comparable to Sunderland in that regard, but I'd say the expectation and need to win games consistently that they that Lincoln had in the conference was probably something similar to what we have in this. As in, like you can't mm. afford to draw too many you can't afford to be too negative you have to set up to try and win and then they got them up and then got them up again so if they can instill that mentality obviously at a higher level where it's much tougher but you know I think that that is a positive as well the fact they have worked in I guess not not the same type of pressure same level of pressure sorry but but the same sort of area of, of being the big fish in the small pond and having to try and struggle to get out of it which I assume Lincoln were when they were in the conference yeah there's that there's that story about them going watching some kids play football on a park in Lincoln and they observed that none of the kids are wearing Lincoln shirts and they were like, it's our job to change this. So they clearly bought into like a community custodian aspect mm. as well and and that's the kind of thing um, we need here. Uh, before we move on to Lee Johnson, does anyone have anything else they want to add on the Cowleys before we, before we transition on? I'm being met with no. silence, so we're going to move on. No, in fact... Just, oh. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm quite oh, we, quietly. I'm trying not to get to, you know, the more I read and the more I like, and I'm trying not to go down the road of what you guys did with Gus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> put, put yeah. money on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not put money on it. Getting sucked into that. Oh, yeah, God. Crap. Yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> right. So Lee Johnson then is second favourite. Um, Seems to steer clubs away from trouble, going off his past record, especially, obviously, he was at um, Bristol City for four years, and he took them from relegation strugglers to being on the brink of the playoffs. And I think I think he got them to finish seventh, which was their best um, league finish in, a, in about 10 years. So, clearly got something about him in terms of turning around the fortunes of a club um, and, you know, definitely progressing them. And again, from what I've been reading, seems quite tactically flexible, prefers four at the back. But with whilst he'll have that hunger that I'm sure the Cowley brothers will, the Cowleys have that record of promotion. And I know it's a different level, but that's still a mentality and knowing what you do need to do that. Whereas with Johnson... Not like as a digger, the manager, and I'm not saying it's a reason not to give him the job, especially if he's got a good vision for the club. But with him, it's been more steering away from relegation, and as he sort of just solidified teams in mid table. I think Barnsley went up after he left, so arguably laid the mm. foundations for a promotion there. But whilst he's got that tax- tactical flexibility, he did go on winless runs quite often with Bristol City apparently got like he was known for being quite streaky while he was there because they'd go on big winning runs and then go on yeah, big losing Johnson runs Johnson they used to call him. 
Yeah, that's it. Yes, I knew there's, I knew there's something like that. Streaky Original. Yeah. Um, so, what does anyone have any thoughts on on Johnson? Would anyone rather see um, him than the Cowleys? Given their I, two I, yeah, the I, I must say he's been one of those managers, and I know this is totally baseless, just football fan chap, but. I've, I just, you know when you just like don't really know why you don't like a manager but you don't like them like <laughs> yeah. that's always Absolutely. been my like feeling towards Johnson um, and I've, I've got, got nothing bad against news. the guy he's just been appointed yeah. <laughs> oh brilliant yeah um, but I've got nothing against the guy because I don't, I don't know him we'll never know him um, but I think just the way he comes across I don't know I don't know if it is one of them things where we're like oh yeah but you know he's not likeable but you'd like him if he was your manager or whether he is just like not very, not a very likable guy because I've looked at Bristol, like Bristol City fans. I don't think were ever massively, like, in love with him. I think he did okay, and like you said, he was obviously quite streaky. I think he did make some good signings, but I think they have quite a robust off the pitch structure at Bristol City anyway. So I'm not sure right. whether it was completely down to him. Um, although I must say, clearly he was there for four years, and for the majority of that time, they won more games than, than they lost. Um, and they did nearly get 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 promoted. But I I basically agree with you, Rory, that I think that he hasn't, for me, got the promotion. Sort of, he hasn't got the record that I'm looking for. Like I think, yeah. Although you might say, oh well, he's managing the championship. Um, you know, it's a step down. I think obviously it is right now. But I think as soon as we went into the the championship, we would then be a much bigger proposition than Bristol... This is going to sound really arrogant, I'm sorry for saying it, but than, than Bristol City ever were. So I don't know whether he'll be able to handle the expectation that comes with the job. Um, and I think that as a, as, a, as a person, I don't know how well he comes across. And I, I think that you may say that doesn't matter, but I don't know what he's like when the pressure's on. I'm not sure that. Well, we need a personality. Yeah, and we, need and then, a, and we need a lift right now, yeah, don't we? So I think I, I think that is yeah. very valid. To be fair, I don't want to I, write I, him off. I mean, I'll, <laughs> I'll just say that. Say I'd, I, I'd rather have Gary. He's dad. <laughs> ticks a lot of boxes. Yeah, there's the first box of ticks. Gary, namesake of the great G Foster Journal. You see his um, name kind of bandied around, and it's like a band. Who Gary's or Lee Johnson? No, I was going to say. Sorry, like Rich, a band idols ahead. or something. You see them, you see them, and you think, "Oh, I should really check them out." And once you do check them out, you, you're kind of underwhelmed. I think that's, <laughs> that's how idols I feel are about. all right. That's all right. interesting. Well, Johnson. maybe that's a, maybe that's a good point though. Yeah, he's just all right, isn't he? Also, Lee, Lee Johnson's pretty angry as well, like idols are as well. So I think that's another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is he got Perfect a funny voice or not? Am I, am I confusing him with someone? Or has he got he's got quite like a high pitched um, yeah, sort of southern accent, which kind of good. Yeah. I don't want to be sly. Shouldn't make fun of him. That could be our new manager. Yeah, let's be careful. So um, I, 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 sorry, Richard. I cut you off in your prime there with Gary talk. What, no, it's what fine. were you? I know it was Rory. Well, both of us. We, no, we, I was just enjoying your idols analogy. But you, you, yeah. you, you know, I, th- I think you're correct, Richard. Is what you're saying about he just sounds kind of all right, doesn't he? He's not. So I'll, yeah. All right. Well, I'll, I'll play. I'll, I'll, I'll be the one who backs Johnson because I, I know nothing about these people. Uh, but the, what you would say for him is he has managed at a higher level. I know Cowley has managed Huddersfield at a higher level, but it was a very brief period, um, and it was a totally different remit. It was purely to keep them up. And I know you're right in what you're saying, I guess, Rory, that that has been Johnson's remit. But what he has done beyond that is then make Bristol City into genuine contenders 
if not for promotion, certainly for playoffs. Yeah, and, they've had. Oh, yeah. I think they've wobbled quite recently, but a lot of people before the start of the season were tipping them to be like outsiders for promotion. They had a really strong exactly. start of the season. I think they're still floating around. I think they're still about seventh, eighth, or something. Yeah, yeah I, think, there, I, think, they? I think they're in 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 and around. We'll say the, the playoff so, places. So has he laid the foundations for that potentially? They've well, also had or, quite a lot of money as well. Right, well, that's okay. So that's a difference. Okay, I didn't know that. Because I would have said, the one thing I would have added would have been, while we're not in a relegation battle by any means, we are in a position where, rather than going from a relegation battle to higher, we're in outside of the playoffs needing to go higher. And could he be the kind of guy who seems to galvanise teams and he's done it with personalities consummate with a higher level of football? Yeah, that's true. And, one, you know, one, the Cowleys, yeah. are, are they going to be used to the type of players and egos and experienced players we've got here? I don't know. Sorry, sorry, Jim. Go ahead. I was going to say like one last thing as well in terms of, um, as a manager, I know that um, Bristol City were a pretty exciting team. They sort of seemed to score and concede yes, quite a lot of goals, which obviously... 3-3. Three, 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 like, three. Well, well, yeah, I mean, that, <laughs> yeah, that happened quite us. a lot. I mean... You know, mm-hmm. I think he can definitely set up a team to attack. I'm not sure which fans want, don't yeah, they? Yeah, well, fans exactly. Want. And, and I think, or I think if, it's what they want. If one thing would endear him to to our fans and maybe make him a success here would be that is that he does play attacking football um, more so probably than than many of the managers we've had recently. Um, I think that that mm-hmm. would be a definite plus point plus point in the column that you know they even they famously took Man United to two legs in the oh sorry it was the. Yeah, EFL Cup. Oh, we had two legs anyway. It wasn't two legs. Yeah, it, it was, was a semi final. But they, 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 but, you know, they, they, they beat they, Man United. They, yeah. they beat Man United, yeah. They, you know, they were one of them teams where you could score against anyone on the day. They played fast attacking football. I think that that's a plus point. Um, and certainly, you know, coming off the back end of, of pretty drab football for the majority of the time under Parkinson, I think that would itself be quite a nice change of pace. How effective that is in terms of winning the league is a different question. Um, or yeah. even getting promoted because I know you say obviously we just need to go up but I think that um, any manager coming in now needs to be seriously thinking that uh, you know he wants to take because we're not that far away from either winning the league or going up so I think it has to be quite a, no, quite a bullish mentality from the start I don't want yeah. a manager coming in and be like oh I just want to get up that's all that matters you want a bit of positivity and I feel like Johnson may be able to bring that because um, yeah. I think he is quite um you know, he's quite. It just seem like someone who can rally people. Yeah, he's, he's like, pretty, get pretty people behind him. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think that comes across in the style of football. Yeah, but yeah. it just I depends think... whether he's got the experience of actually doing it rather than just saying well, he's going to do yeah. it. It, it, it. Look, I think a lot of people, rightly or wrongly, because you know the fact of the matter is, Poyet was never actually, you know, like we all thought he was close, but he, you know, he wasn't. The manager, he didn't become the manager or anything, but whoever you know, for whatever reason, fans became you know certain he was going to be the man, and we did. The betting was suspended on him not because he was going to be the manager, but because lots of people thought he was and were putting money on it. <laughs> so, for that to happen, though, people feel that it's going to happen, it's momentum, yeah. 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 So, large numbers of Sunderland supporters thought that was going to happen, and whether you want, I personally was quite indifferent, but. As it got closer and the more you thought it was going to happen, you know, there's something romantic about him coming mm-hmm. back, all that stuff. But he also has managed at a higher level across the continent as well. You know, he's Bordeaux, top flight in France, best big club in Spain. Yeah, for short periods of time, but they're big clubs. He's a big profile guy because of his uh, being a player at a very high level and all that kind of stuff. 
And whether he would have been the right appointment from all the sort of metric perspectives and working with the director of football and all those things, whether take all that out, when people have suddenly got that idea in the head and you go from the name Gus Poyet and all those things that I've just said that that entails and you go to Cowley and uh, Johnson, fans are going to be slightly underwhelmed. Yeah. Now, I think you, we've all made a fair case that these both could be actually better appointments than Poyet. But I do think the first thing they've got to do, which speaks to what you were saying about Johnson and him being able to maybe be a bit more bullish because they're going to have to win people over, I think, whichever yeah, one it is. I, I really Absolutely. do. Yeah. I think that I, I don't want to go back on because we talked about Paul Cook quite a bit on, on Sunday, but I will just say that I think that will be another thing that he would also be able to do um, is is get that people behind him and get that kind of bullish mentality. So I think out, out of um, the, the, the managers we've discussed, you're absolutely right. I think that the mentality has to be there and it has to be visible and it has to be from the get-go because I think the amount of negative slash indifferent opinions you see on social media about people saying they're not that bothered about Sunderland anymore, they don't really bother watching the games and all this, like that will change in a heartbeat if, Course it it, would. if, if there's a reason for it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we just want just, something to, you know, sorry to go ahead. No, just, just about to say that, that, that piece on on the on the Wise Men Say website today by by Joe, um, just saying yeah, that, that, on the head, didn't that it? yeah that it really did you know I, I've I've been thinking for a while that with with the absence of fans from the ground and with our exile from you know the top two divisions certainly the top one division I think we're really creating a, a generation of of fans that would just stay away from the club there's, you know there's a whole load of kids that won't be wearing Sunderland shirts that won't be yeah. you know looking forward to go to the match every Saturday we'll probably Absolutely. look out for you know Man City and Liverpool and telly rather than rather than watch us you know they'll rather watch Champions League on a Wednesday night than, than watch us and that, that's that's concerning you know because we it should is, be massively. we should be the most important team in the in the region we should in, in the region in certainly in, in Sunderland and County Durham we should be the, the the team that people support not Liverpool not not Man City not Man United um, Absolutely, and, and this is what happens to start as well. When you have obviously needs, needs to start with a manager sorry, that can continue. that has the charisma to to really get the fans behind him. It's funny, isn't it? Because you're right, charisma is important in, in really a way is. more so now than ever because we can't go to the ground. You're going to lose people anyway because people can just pick and choose. There's Premier League football, wall to wall, Champions League, all that. So people have already got the choice, or you can. So you might already have your Sky subscription, and you're you're then having to pay a tenner a game to watch what was absolutely diabolical football in a low level, and you just you just it is it it it's it needs a personality who can not only get the job done but can also get fans on board with it. Hundred percent, um, massively. And I, I think attacking football will be important. I think we do need a manager. I don't I want to be so. one of those people, but I think. We do need to see someone who's not afraid, and that's why Johnson. That's why Johnson and Cowley look quite appealing. They've used mm-hmm. what, yeah. especially in the case of Cowley, they've came in, they did this at Lincoln, they came into jobs and looked at what was there and utilised mm-hmm. that. And we have good mm-hmm. attacking players, especially, especially at this level. Yeah, we shouldn't be afraid. Like we shouldn't be thinking, oh well, if we go to attacking, we might we might be losing. Like you know, we have the most expensive squad in the division we have the highest wage bill we have players that will get into virtually any other side in this league not all at the same time obviously but individually they will and 
we need to play on that fact. We need to use that fact, and we need to have because under Parkinson, the level of confidence on the pitch and among the fan base just got you know it was it was so low. Yeah, it yeah, was. And you can exactly. see it. I mean, that Burton game was another example. Um, after they scored, you know, before we equalised, the vast majority of that time we looked absolutely dead on our feet in turn. There was no invention, there was no idea, there was no motivation. It was getting to the point where you're thinking, this is bordering on like lack of professional pride in what some of these players are doing here. 100%. Because there's no motivation there. We need need someone to breathe new life in the club and through attacking football, through just bulldozing out of this division at this point because we're playing we need a day one we're we're playing we're playing catch up already and we need to go up and going up automatically will give people that confidence back and that has to be not just promotion from this manager but promotion with a bit of swagger about it we're a mess off the field we're a mess off the field and even with this investment there could still be a bit of uncertainty. So we need something on the pitch to hang our hats on. Plenty I'm mindful of, of the time. I'm mindful of the time because we've been gone for quite a while, lads. We've been gone um, ages. And we haven't even talked about the game that's com- coming up on Saturday. Oh, yeah, no. This is a preview Christ. pod. So very quickly, Wigan Athletic, <laughs> um, bottom eight, uh, bottom, bottom with eight points, sorry. Well, they are on the bottom eight, technically. Bottom of the league with eight <laughs> points, won twice all season. Lost four out of the last five. Uh, John Sheridan was appointed in September, but he's gone to Swindon. Uh, Liam Richardson in care, take a charge. I mean, I don't care that we've got just a man in charge at the minute. With the squad that we've got, even in the poor form that we are, a defeat here... It doesn't half make the job for the new manager. Whether, <laughs> you know, to be fair, the, the new manager might be in charge of this game. It might you know, be in charge, but yeah. it's, it's 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 likely that at best we'll probably made an appointment and they're going to take charge on on the Monday. Yeah. So it just, it's going to make yeah. their job even harder if we lose to Wigan, who are in absolute disarray. Um, yeah, <laughs> it it anything less than three points, no matter no, what there's no is excuse. going on. There is no excuse. I mean, they are worse than Burton. I mean, I know Burton actually on the day play. You know, they were. I mean, they weren't great, but they were. They were bad. But Wigan's record is 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 really, really, really bad, and they have less than half of a a, a senior squad. I think a lot of their their players are, are youth. Similar, I guess, to Bolton last year, and um, if not potentially slightly more serious than when the time we played them. I, I just think that like these play get yeah, fair enough. There might not be a manager in place, but at the end of the day, you're 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 getting paid to play football for Sunderland, and you you know you what surely you want to do as best as you can in every game that you play, especially when you're you know a new manager is going to be watching it and. I just think that there has to be a massive improvement um, in terms of mentality from Absolutely. the get-go from every single player on the pitch because no, there's not one player can look back at the, the way they played on Tuesday and have been happy with it and that needs to change <coughs> and it needs um, to change on very, Saturday. Very quickly, I want to go around everyone and ask one question given Charlie Wyke is possibly going to be ruled out, Danny Graham's been terrible. Will Grigg, good contribution off the bench. Two headers hit the post, one went narrowly wide. Very unlucky not to assist Danny Graham as well. Um, Going to go just yes or no, would you start him on Saturday, despite obviously the terrible miss recently against MK Dons. Jim, Will Grigg, yes. start on Saturday. Craig? Yes. Yeah. Richards, full house on the, on the horizon here? Yes. Yay, let's get Will Grigg in and we will absolutely 
blow away. Again, his former club <laughs> as well. Come on. Exactly. Like, he's he's going to be more, and Come on. more motivated than ever to turn them over. Will Griggs on fire. You know, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Rory, Rory one, one thing to mention, right? We've drawn two games again. We've drawn against two of the bottom four this season. One of them, Burton. They've conceded nearly two goals a game. We managed one against them. The other one was Bristol Rovers, who average less than a goal a game, and we managed to concede against them. <laughs> so we need a clean sheet and two goals this weekend. So I'm minimum, minimum. Two also, two also, does anyone two else nil. think Remy Matthews is absolutely delighted? There's been so much news going around the club because yes. everyone's, yeah. everyone's kind of forgot, <laughs> forgot about, about how fucking horrible. Oh uh, yeah, God, not oh. even a him save that's it for, for the goal. Like he must be over the moon that that news has been buried, mustn't he? Yeah. He'll be leaving just to start. I mean, I don't really know what he ever did to be dropped, but I know. Get I mean, it was as bad as what Matthews did on Tuesday. So, absolutely. Yeah. What were you saying there, Richard? Sorry, I think Matthews will have been kind of generating all the chat himself. He'll be on the message boards. He'll be on Twitter. There's about fifty different <laughs> hammering up, fifty different ready accounts. To go to shout it. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out all these people got ITK talking about don't player. exist. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. He's totally and sinker for it. He totally fanned the flames of the Poyet room. Uh, right, we should probably get out of here. But before we do, I'm going to ask for a score prediction for Saturday. And I'm going to ask for a prediction for not necessarily who, who you want, but who you think the next manager will be. So, Jimmy, give us a score prediction and give me who you think the manager will be. 3-0. And I'm going to go with who I want anyway, so I'm going to say Paul Cook. Interesting. Craig? 2-0. Uh, and Owen Coyle. <laughs> yes, there it is. I'd love it to be Owen Coyle. Hey, I wouldn't really. I, I'm going to. I think it'll be Cowley. His odds are shortening Owen Coyle's, to be fair. You, are they? You never know. Is he coming you never in? Know. Um, <laughs> obviously, on behalf of Matthew Keane, we have to say we hope Jorrell gets the job. He'll be furious if we don't say that. Um, Richard, score <laughs> prediction and manager prediction, please. I'll take 2 1, and I'd like to see Danny Cowley. I think I'm sold on it now. Um, I think I'm going to agree with you on both points there as well. Two one win for the. By the way, I'm presuming everyone was saying like wins for Sunderland here. No one specified. Oh yeah, no, no, <laughs> yeah. Wigan, yeah. Wigan, have, Wigan have only scored ten goals in fourteen games. So shame on you for thinking they'll score against the mighty red and white. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, <laughs> the clean it's not sheets. like Burton managed it or anything, is yeah, it? Yeah, so. exactly. The clean sheets have gone now. Well, actually, no. I'm going to say two one. If Remy Matthews plays, I'm going to say 2 0. If just anyone oh. else plays in goal, yeah, there's a bit of salt. Paddle, now I'm being Paddle negative. Cool. Now I'm needling. Yeah, you can tweet me if you want. I don't care. <laughs> Let me spy the words. Paddle in. Yeah, I'm not bothered. You heard it here first. No, please don't. I'm really sensitive. I'll cry. Um, but yeah, I think I think Danny Cowley as well. And similar to what you were saying, Jim, about who you wanted, I'm, I'm pretty sold on him now. On Owen um, Coyle, yeah. On Owen Coyle, obviously on Owen Coyle, yeah. But no, I think Danny Cowley's going to get the job and I think that's who I hope it'll be. Um, on Saturday, me and Matthew will be reunited on the pod. Two pods in a row I've done without Matthew Keelan. I'm lost. Um, but we'll be back on Saturday to react to the Wigan game and maybe a new manager. Who knows? And then Gareth and Stephen will be back on Monday to review probably what is even more chaos in the world of Sunderland AFC. But come on, it's never boring, is it? Come on! This is the longest pod we've done in ages and it's just cost us loads to talk about. And even though it's the kind of bad reasons, you know, it's Love never it, dull. Mate. It's never dull, Great. is it? So thanks for listening and hopefully, hopefully, positive news is very much on the horizon. <laughs> Thank you.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.